Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Hi, and welcome to the Future Development Podcast. My name is Anthony Monategi, and today I'm joined by two amazing guests. I've got Ann Flager. She's a president of NAWIC, which stands for National Association of Women in Construction. Ann has over 25 years of construction and transportation experience. She strives to enhance women's success in the construction industry. She is the conduit, the voice connecting people and organizations that break down the barriers that women are facing in construction. Anne's aspiration and beliefs that NAWIC's mission have taken her from a regional director to a national board, empowering and challenging others to live out their NAWIC values. I'm also joined by Sophia Munotegi, the president of CDO Group. Sophia has an immense background in construction law taking CDO Group, a general contracting and project management company from under $5 million to well over $85 million and working in all 50 states throughout the United States, working on major brands like McDonald's, Chipotle's, Starbucks, just to name a few. I'm so glad to have you both in the show. Anne and Sophia, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited about having you both on the show today. And this, uh, as, as always, when we talk, it promises to be a very interesting conversation. You know, uh, uh, before we get started, I'd really like to take a minute and just kind of get uh, your background, uh, let the audience kind of know a little bit more about yourselves. Uh, Annie, maybe tell me a little bit about how did you get involved with the group? Nawick, I was actually uh, joined a general contracting firm in 2005, and my supervisor came back from an awards uh, dinner, and he had been approached by another Nawick member to try and recruit women from our company. And my boss said to me, I think you should join this. I think this will be a great opportunity for you. And at the time I was a single mother. So trying to juggle taking care of my son and working, it actually took me a little while before I went to my first meeting. I think it was almost six months, but the member that recruited me never gave up. And I'll tell you, when I went to that first meeting, that was it. I was hooked and I've been going full force ever since. Sophia, maybe give a little bit of your background. Uh, tell me how you, how you got there. My... Um background is actually in construction law. I, right out of law school, you know, I actually worked odd jobs, bartended, you know, didn't intern in the big firms and then got out of uh, law school and was like, oh, now, now what do I do? Right. Now I got to get a job. And my first opportunity right out of the gate was with a judge who was the head of the mechanics lien division in Cook County. And I was able to you know, apply for the position of clerk and actually nailed it, got it. And it was the best experience. So I spent two years as a clerk for a judge in the construction realm. So from there, I went to a law firm, a boutique law firm that was all about construction, right? 90% construction, litigation, law, mechanics, lien, contracts, you know, both uh, transactional and litigation. And then at some point I decided to go on my own. From there, I got involved with CDO Group, and the rest is history. Now I'm president of CDO Group, and construction has been part of my life for, you know, 20 years or so. Uh, and you, you talked about something that's really important. Uh, you know, the, the environment of uh, the work environment when I grew up was uh, you, you go to work as a man, and 
you never talked about your home life, right? There was like this, like this, you're either at work or you're at home. And we've noticed through the pandemic, we've noticed that uh, uh, lifestyles changing, that today integrating that family and life and work, and a lot of that kind of melds together, right? And I think a lot of that, you know, there was this uh, male-dominated industry that uh, didn't want to talk about their families. It kind of left that to uh, their relationships. And then, you know, today, as we're noticing the environment change, men and women both integrate their lives. And, and oftentimes we're having Zoom meetings right in your living room, right? We're, we're in there watching the kids run around and do their thing. To be successful in business doesn't mean you have to give up the family life. Well, being a part of NAWIC, actually bringing your life into it is, you know, very important. Um, I, we like to, you get, you know, members across the country and you get to know them, not just it, working with them in the construction industry, but you also get to know them personally. I love to tell this story. My son um, finished up his active duty as a Marine a couple of years ago. But when he just got out of boot camp, you're allowed to go home. And he was headed back with about 12 or 13 other Marines. They got stuck in Charlotte, North Carolina because of a storm. I called a say, uh, NAWIC sister and said, you know, these kids are stuck. There was a huge basketball tournament. They couldn't get any hotels. And she worked to get someplace for each one of those young men and women in the Marines, a place to stay until they could get out on the next flight, which actually was like four or five days later. That's the real difference, right? Now you have access to relationships. Organizations like NAWIC really do promote you having relationships, you know, very much where the old boy network used to be, right? That, that network, as that, we start to disintegrate that and make that the network, and that's whoever you are, you have access to that network. And, you know, I think that's a big part of the, you know, creating the equality in what we're doing across the industry. Hey, Sophia, what about you? Give me a little bit of your experience but as uh, you've integrated your life into your into your family, uh, into, into your workplace. My whole life is a balance. I, I spend my day running from morning to night. But in order to be fully engaged with both my career and my children, my family, that's, you know, I need both to be able to understand my two worlds. And to me, it's second nature now, right? It's, it's family is work, work is family, and, and there's a balance, right? And now in this day and age, both husbands and wives are working. It has to be that way. And we all have to be understanding, right? And I, I also think it's important for companies to understand that in order to have a family type atmosphere, a friendly working environment, whether you're male or female. You know what? A dad has to go watch that kid's t-ball game, right? Has to go watch that kid's dance competition. And so whether you're male or female, whether you're the husband or the wife, it is now family, right? And, and the key is there should be no difference and there should be understanding. And you work hard, you run hard, you, you know, you deal with both aspects of your life, right? So... The way I see it is you won't be as good in your professional life if you sacrifice your family and vice versa. If you sacrifice yourself for your family, you won't be as good of a parent or a, a homemaker. So it, it's a balance. One of the biggest things for women in construction is trying to maintain that work-life balance and having that flexibility 
to be able to you know pick up their kids or go to a game. And I know that this last year, a little over a year, has been very difficult for anybody, everybody. But the pandemic has shown us that we can still be very productive at work. And companies are seeing that having flexible time for their employees is going to benefit everybody. They can still get all their work done and they can have that personal life with their kids and their spouses or partners. It it that's one good thing I think has come up, come out of all this. And I, I think it's going to benefit both men and women in, in any work that they do. It's going to change the norm. It's going to change the way, you know, we work in, in a drastic sort of way. And people are, will have to become more efficient, right? We're going to have to deal with the fact that there's a dog jumping behind you in a Zoom meeting or a child running through the room. You know, it, it's just, we're going to have to deal and learn and get better at it. But it's going to change the way the work environment is. And it's, it's, you know, it's a good balance. Again, you know, I'm not saying abandon the office altogether because there's also uh, something to say about the office family, but it provides avenues that, hey, if I have to go, you know, for a week on a family vacation, who's to say I can't jump on a Zoom meeting? I mean, I, I don't think I've had any family vacation where I've actually fully shut off. I can jump on a meeting, get things done and feel more, more at peace with it. Uh, in some ways, the pandemic's really moved this forward faster, right? It's showing people that uh, uh, locked in an office wasn't always the way we had to do it. Uh, you know, companies uh, are really noticing that that change. You know, people can work from home pretty pretty effectively. That commute to work may actually be a hindrance. You know, I, I find myself across the board being able to interact with way more people in a given day than I ever did uh, before. You know, I, I know you're having that same experience where, you know, I feel like you're, you're in the old Star Trek where they had that little thing that said, you know, beam me up, Scotty. I feel like, you know, today I, I've been to meetings that have been, you know, from 6.30 in the morning to, you know, to midday. I, I've been from meeting to meeting. I've met with a lot more groups today than I ever could in the physical world, right? Just because, you know, I don't have to go anywhere from my desk. I can meet with them. And, you know, now we come to each other without having that whole transition. I think that right there is dramatically changing it. You know, a, a lot like, you know, whenever cars were invented, you could not imagine Uber, right? You, you just couldn't imagine that happening. I, I think that that's what's happening now is that as this environment changes and Zoom comes about and the integration of people working from home, those changes that are going to manifest from that, I, I believe, you know, we're, it's hard to see them today, but we're starting to notice that work-life balance happens easier. You know, being able to communicate with your team no matter where you're at works easier. You know, all, all those different aspects of it, you know, bringing, bringing groups of people together way easier than ever before, because now we don't have to, you know, get up and go to a convention that might take two days worth of traveling and the expense of that. Right now, now we can meet uh, together as a group way easier, way less expensive. This is one of the things I've loved about being NAMWIC president this year is we have 117 chapters across the country, including D.C. and Guam. And no national president has been ever able to visit every single one of those chapters. Well, I'm well on my way to being able to virtually visit those chapters at least once this year. Since I've been installed, I've already visited 30 chapters virtually. So that alone is a, a, an amazing thing because we can help each other out more, be there to support them, mentor them. I mean, we're, we're launching a national mentoring uh, program within NAWIC. And I could be mentored with somebody out in California because we can still sit down and have coffee together. It's just 
you know, on camera. Way more effective, right? I mean, and you can be just as close as you are in the physical world. I, I find those those meetings in so, you know, when you're both in your living room, way more relaxed. I, I, you can be way more intimate. The office settings kind of take you, take you, set you back off your heels a little bit, right? Because you're a little bit more, you know, just because it's on Zoom doesn't mean that we miss something. In fact, I believe that we're gaining stuff, right? I think that we gain uh, uh, more personality. We get to understand the family more, the person more at, at its core, which makes it, you know, ultimately easier to be a mentor. Tell us, talk a little bit about the mentorship, because uh, I think that's a really interesting part of NAWIC is that uh, your mentoring program, uh, you know, there are women across the world who, who as, they, as they grow in their environment, looking for that feedback loop, right? You know, I'd say for thousands of years, we were very tribal as a people and the industrial revolution comes along and all of a sudden forces our parents to go to work or, or in that feedback loop where we'd get, you know, maybe we were in a, a, you know, a group that, you know, back then were tribal and you had, uh, you know, other women in the group who would support you and tell you, Hey, you're doing this right. You're doing that wrong. That loop is gone, right? Our parents are, you know, by the time our parents come home from work, they were exhausted. Not that they didn't mean well, but you know, just the way civilization changed. Today, I'm, I'm seeing society and men and women on both sides uh, need it, thirsty for that feedback loop, right? That mentor, that support. Hey, you're doing a good job. Hey, do you ever think about this? Uh, you know, talk a little bit about how that gets started and, you know, how to get involved with it, right? If, if you're a young woman, you want to get involved with NAWIC's uh, mentoring program. How does that work? The mentoring program actually started out of one of our largest chapters in Orlando, Florida. And what they did was they asked some questions of both mentors and mentees to try and pair um, people up together for what the ment uh, the mentee was looking for. You know, if they were looking to excel in their career or maybe they were going to start their own business. So they tried to pair people up that could help them with that. Uh, one of our newest committees is called the Emerging Professionals. And the Emerging Professionals doesn't just mean age. It means you're just coming into the construction industry. We found that many women, construction is their second career. So they were nurses for 15, 20 years or teachers and now are moving into the construction industry. So the emerging professionals is for anybody in just stepping into the construction industry. And so now what we're trying to do is again, because of the virtual piece, we can pair up uh, mentees and mentors from across the country. It doesn't have to necessarily be just within your local chapter. We uh, have our, like I mentioned, our 117 chapters, and that then it expands out to eight regions and then nationally. So you can connect with members all across the country and somebody could be your mentor. The other thing that I like to mention about mentoring is that you shouldn't have just one mentor. There are many different things that you can be working on. And there are lots of different people that can help you out with this. And it shouldn't be just at the onset of your career in construction. It should be throughout. I mean, I still have mentors. Never in a million years did I think I was going to be national president of an association. But the mentors that I've obtained, not only through Daywick, but even outside, both and both men and women can be mentors. And they're both very insightful with what you're looking to do. But you really have to take time and understand what you want, what you're looking for, because the mentor can't help you if, if you're not sure what you want to do or what you need. In terms of a mentor, what I think a mentor really is, is someone that affirms that you can do it, right? and kind of shows you the way, shows you a new way of thinking, again, in all walks of life. I really enjoy when I see our daughters, we have daughters, we have a couple sons too, but when we really, when I see our daughters find someone, whether it's a coach, a teacher, uh, you know, anyone, 
that really mentors them, shows them how to grow, gives them another perspective other than my perspective or, you know, dad's perspective. And that, that to me is truly the most important thing. I, I know I remember my mentors. I remember what they said. And then I really look to be a mentor, not just for my children, for, for those that work with me, right? So it really is just affirming, hey, you can do it. I can probably count 10 that right off the top of my head that I've had in life. And so I think we really need to, you know, really push that and, and both support those those people who are the mentors or, hey, have you ever thought of mentoring, right? And also support those younger than us or those around us, you know, looking up to a mentor, having discussions with the mentor, really, really picking their brains. And, and it's just another viewpoint, right? And affirmation, which is a lot of times what people need in life is affirmation. I had a young man yesterday ask me to be a mentor for him. And I would say as a mentor, I get as much out of it as they do, right? It, it kind of really helps affirm, uh, you know, I'm going to work with somebody. It kind of puts me on my A game, right? It actually helps forces me to get out of myself and look at, uh, all right, if I'm going to help somebody, what are the tools and things I need to do? Help me brush up on some of my practices. It makes me think through some of the processes I'm going to talk to you about. So I, I find that the mentor-mentee relationship isn't all one-sided. It isn't all giving. It's, you, you, we get as much as we give. Uh, in that relationship. And I think on both sides of that, there's a, there's a great value for, for, for both parties. Have you had that experience? I definitely agree. I, I was actually going to say what you just said, because I have had the opportunity to be a mentor for, for women, mainly women. I don't think I've had a mentorship relationship where I've been a mentor for uh, a man, but I did. I got a lot. I think I was with one of them. I was like, I think I'm getting more out of this than what, what she might be getting, but she, she said, no, she was, she was getting a lot. And actually that's one of the things that I think is another benefit to the mentoring program. And also if you're mentoring a, a different generation, if you have, whether it be up, you know, ahead of you or behind you, I think that that's a key to helping us work together in the different generations. I know that is a big thing in the, in the workforce and not only the construction industry is, you know, when you're trying to, with your baby boomers and the millennials, if you set them up for a mentoring relationship, I think that that's really going to help bridge that gap. And, you know, it, it opens the door for allowing, you know, the different generations to get a different viewpoint, like was mentioned, and to maybe understand, okay, that's, that's why you think like that, or that's why you do that. And I think it'll be beneficial. We say different generation, how about even different gender, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of my mentors were not female. And what I got out of that is there was no difference. There was no divide. I could do what my mentor is doing, right? And so it's empowering. There, there's no divide. So different generation, different gender, you, you know, it's, it's a mentorship. And that, you know, when we get to that point where there, where there is no divide is when we, we truly, and, and then we can do whatever anybody else can do is where we really start moving mountains. For sure, in, the, in those relationships, right? When my relationships and your relationships uh, across genders are, there's no difference, right? Uh, relationships, male, female, uh, you know, white, black, gay, straight, all those divides that we had in the past that prevented us from that, you know, allowing people to be who they are, right? And, and, and where, where they are in life and, and meeting them where they're at. And then 
realizing that great that's that's what makes the makes the soup that much better right there's a uh, diversity of thought uh, diversity of ideas and then a, a diversity of places i can go to get support you know i i love that idea of having multiple mentors right uh, i i experienced that myself you know i've got uh, one coach that works on my business life that i got called coach or mentor uh, I've got uh, one that works on a spiritual life for me, you know, and uh, I, I get a lot of I get a lot of real benefit out of that. Uh, you know, just someone I just found and I gravitate to. I'm like, all right, I get real fulfillment out of that. And every once in a while, I catch myself going, I don't know if I should call. And then I'll call, and she'll say, you know, she's a female. And she's just like, what do you mean you weren't calling? I, that's you know, you've asked. I I love doing this with you, and uh, she's a great support for me. From a from a spiritual point of view, right? To look at uh, different parts of it, and then some of the male uh, guys uh, that I have that are, uh, uh, you know, in, in different parts of my life. Um, from uh, how I deal with my children, right? I've got some great friends who make me a better father. It's not just the business world where that mentorship really worked well. I found even since we've started uh, our year, we start um, October first and go through September thirtieth, is that I'm allowing for more conversations amongst the board. The the members, we, we have different avenues of doing that. And you may have an idea in your mind. And if you're available to present it to other people, by the end of the conversation, it blossoms or grows into so much better. But until we start having the conversation, we won't know what we can do. Right. They blossom, right? And the more we talk, the more that happens. And I think our technology is showing that we can have conversations way easier than before and stepping through that fear right it's just, it's just like you were talking about I, I like I'm afraid sometimes like I don't want to bother somebody I don't want to be a pest right I, that, that feeling of am I bothering them but every single time I've called the response back I get is great this is awesome right it always it always ends up there's something I build up in my head that I get that stops me from it and and 11 times out of 10 it's always, it, I, always, it's always uh, they're happy to talk and uh, they may be busy and say, hey, I'll call you back or, and likewise, I feel the same way. It's, you know, someone's calling me for support and I'm entering them and I can't get to it at the moment. I might say, hey, can I call you in uh, 10 minutes? Or, you know, uh, that young man that uh, asked me a mentor got me this morning and I had a bunch of meetings. I'm like, I can't get to you, but I'll, I'll get to it somewhere at lunch. And, uh, you know, I, like, I look forward to that. Like, you know, and I, wanted to, I let them know that sometimes when that happens, it has nothing to do with you. Just, uh, you know, creating a space where we can actually talk so it's not rushed. It's actually, you know, an idea is nothing if it's not put into the universe. So there's got to be conversation. It's got to be put out there and then refined through through communication and through other ideas and then perfected, right? So if, we've, if we're just walking around with a thought that, that doesn't get thrown out there, it's just going to stay there and probably disappear. So it's it's all about communication. It's all about getting it out there. Whether whether you think it's a nutty idea at first, it may turn out to be the most brilliant idea because through conversation and input, it, it takes its own life. Right, it starts to unfold and start to really get uh, uh, created. You know, as the uh, environment is changing and it's happening so fast, right? You know, uh, construction industry, my belief is that this is what a lagging industry for change, right? There was kind of the uh, slow to change, but now as it enters into the new uh, era that it's entering into, it changes accelerating so quickly, it blows me away. You know, every, every day I have these podcasts 
and the technology that's coming at us, the stuff that's happening in the development world is unbelievable, right? The, the, the speed by which uh, they can look at properties, the speed by which projects are happening, the speed by which uh, teams are building. Uh, Name some to talk about some of the challenges you have as you uh, as you you know so as you're building uh, the company and organizing it. Uh, you know uh, your approach to uh, that system of organizing it. It's different than it was in the past. You know your your, your system's different than than it was in the past. Give me a little bit more about how you see it and uh, what are some of the things that you do to make the you know the organization that you grow uh, successful. I think in the past, we were not so, you know, what we did, we did, but it wasn't out there in the world, right? Now we have like social media, we have ways of getting the message out faster. We have ways of getting things to a project site faster. We have ways of communicating faster. Everything is so much faster now, right? With that is, it's mind boggling, right? You got to be able to keep up with, with that fact, right? You got to be able. There's no excuse anymore. You got to You got to send an email out right away. You got to deal with it right away because because it's no longer a whole process. It's now, right? And, and there's there's no excuse now, right? So, I think the biggest challenge is is just keeping up with the pace, the change of pace with that social media, you know, email, communication, you know, now we've got superintendents on site and they've got a phone and that's where their daily reports are. Snap, set. Where before was a handwritten daily report that took, you know, every Friday you submitted it somehow. It, it's a different world now. So part of the the challenges and the greatness of now is just, you know, taking all that new tech technology and implementing it into companies. And what we also, the other thing we have is this, this new awareness of equality, right? And how that challenges us as an organization that predominantly, right, construction was male, male oriented for, for most, not for all, you know, and, and now we have this, this, this company, this world where there's no predominant gender as much anymore, right? And we're integrating. And, you know, we have to constantly look at, are we doing our role in integrating? So I think, you know, those are two two aspects, you know, the fast paced social media where things, there's no longer an excuse and this equality aspect where, you know, male, female, black, white, any race, you know, any sex can, is it's, it's norm, it's the norm, right? Or making it the norm. And it takes talking about it. It takes putting it out there. It takes making it a goal, right? We have we have weekly meetings with our company every Monday and Friday. And that's the whole point of those weekly meetings, morning meetings, Monday and Friday, starting the week, ending the week with our goals, right? With the issues, with correcting the issues, with getting everybody involved, with, hey, what happened here? What didn't happen here? Hey, what do we need to do? We're looking to hire. You know, who are we hiring? It, it is, you know, communicating. You and I have talked before about the amount of technology that you bring into your teams and the systems by which, you know, the technology is making it the playing field way faster, but also way more equal, right? We're seeing information, we're seeing uh, uh, product data, we're seeing people's interaction 
you know, much, much better. You know, the, uh, the processes that you put in place, I think that's a, that's a big part of it, right? You, taking technology and integrating it into to, uh, uh, the construction world, breaking down those barriers of communication, that, those, those old days where uh, that lag, that, you know, there was always this lag in it. And I think as, uh, as, you, as, you, as you talked about, really being able to bring in uh, the technology, communicate clear, the good, the bad, the ugly, Right, knowing exactly what's going on, so we can interact with that in a way that's not so it's transparent, and everybody can uh, can do that. You can really see how uh, technology is moving that forward. Now, as you as you as uh, you know, the organizations like uh, uh, North American uh, Women in Construction uh, organizations are out there. You know, uh, your goal to communicate and and bring more more women together. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, some of the barriers you've had, or some of the places where you've had success. In, in doing that and a little bit more about what you're doing uh, to, you know, to, to kind of bridge that. As Sophia mentioned, construction is predominantly a male dominated industry, but I like to say it's just male populated now because you are seeing women with boots on the ground and seats at the table. And we are influencing the direction of the construction industry. And I think that's what we need to be focusing on getting away from the number Oh, and I think it's wonderful. We are finally over 10% in the overall industry, you know, women, women compared to men. We need to get away from that number and really show the impact that women are having on the construction industry. You know, women are different from men. So we have different things that affect us. And one of the things that NAWIC has is an alliance with OSHA. And of course, safety and health is always predominant wherever you're working, whether it be construction or any other industry. But we're having the conversations because, you know, our personal protective equipment fits differently from from men to the women. We have to be talking about that. Even the sanitation that we have on job sites. We're having those conversations and OSHA is really wanting to do something to help us with that because we do need to have those things. Uh, we, we've shown that we are very, very capable of working on those job sites and, and being a part of the conversation with where the industry is going. We're now everybody is starting to see that, that, and I'm not going to say just men, but even other women are now seeing that, yes, this is important for us. So it, it, it's overall, I don't want to say it's just the men. What I've really been seeing is that men are reaching out to women more. We're trying to get, break that barrier. You know, unfortunately in today's society, um, I hate to even say it, but people are sue happy or they want to file a harassment claim or, you know, something like that. So there are men, whenever I'm speaking, there are men that ask the question, how do I even talk to a woman? You know, what, what can I do? And I said, just talk to them, sit down, have a cup of coffee, ask them how they're doing, maybe find interested in what they're working on. Until you start that conversation, you really don't know, get, get to know them. And they may have some, the women may have the fabulous ideas that an owner or another coworker uh, may need to hear. But until you start that conversation, you'll never know. We, we also need to get past the women tend to not apply for a position unless they have 100% of the qualifications or men are mm-hmm. maybe 60, 65% and they'll apply. So that's a, that's a huge thing that we need to work with on the women. And I tell the men, well, reach out to them, you know, ask them for the resume. Maybe you have a position in mind, but when you see their resume, sit down and talk to them. I really think that women shine when you're actually talking to them than seeing what's written on paper. For example, I joined this general contractor in 2005 and I actually applied for a receptionist position 
and I sat down with the owner who was a female. She was part, she's an owner with her husband. And we had a conversation. I was applying, like I said, for the receptionist. She actually said to me during the interview, you are too qualified to be a receptionist. She said, we were not planning on having another project administrator at this time, but I want to offer you that position because that is a better role for you. And I look back on that now and I think, oh my gosh, I was selling myself short, just applying for a receptionist. But she saw that in me and she gave me the opportunity and that's what we need to be doing. And it didn't really matter if she was a female. Men can do that too. If you sit down and talk to somebody, you may see what their capabilities are and offer them what you think they're capable of, not what they apply for, because a lot of times we do sell ourselves short. I think you made two really great points. One being, hey, we can't walk around in fear, right? Whether it's men fearing conversation with women, right? Or women fearing conversation with men. We need to be just, you know, straight up communicating, hey, that, you know, and if something is inappropriate, hey, this is why it's inappropriate in my eyes. It's, you know, we don't want a society where there's a litigating type of atmosphere. It's detrimental to both, right? And if we continue to walk in fear and continue to, to see that, see a divide like that, we'll create a divide that's even bigger, right? And then two, the second point is, I often feel that women detriment themselves by not believing they can do what men do, right? Or not trying, right? Or not supporting their girlfriends or their women colleagues, right? So it's not all one-sided. It's, it's women don't apply for jobs because they do not think they're qualified. Says who? You're putting yourself in a position that's lower. But it's the minute that divide is gone, both within ourselves and through others, that we've succeeded. I think that's a, that's a great part about what NAWIC uh, does is, you know, a, a community of women who are helping each other succeed, right? Uh, as opposed to what, in order for one to succeed, they you know, pull someone else down, right? Working together as a group. And I think NAWIC does a great job of, of bringing women together and helping each other, you know, move the whole group forward, right? That that experience. Of, I have to say, in order for me to succeed, you have to fail. That 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 mentality, you know, was, was a mentality of the past, right? We're noticing that ac- across the board, right, with men and women, and, you know, that that mentality is kind of an old way of being. That for all of us to succeed, right, we all need to push each other forward, and and that uh, that divide there. And I think that's you guys. You, you, you've done some great. Uh, conversations with it. You know, I, I know the first time that I interacted with a woman in construction, you know, it, it, it took a little bit to try. It was a little bit, you know, a little bit of a trier, right? How do I talk, right? I, I'm more of a coach, I'm more rah, rah, go, go get them. And then sometimes I found out I came off a little bit like annoying, right? So as I started to learn to manage manage a little bit different and step through that fear, that, that, that and I got a little bit more relaxed, like I wasn't going to say the wrong thing. And then the women around me gave me some grace, like, all right, because I was worried, like, am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to, am I going to offend somebody? And they're like, yeah, no, not us. We're way tougher than any of the guys you have on your team. Right? In fact, I feel way more relaxed with them than I do with most of the men that I work with. They're just, uh, they, you know, way more organized, way more uh, supportive. And, uh, you know, there's, 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 it's been a great experience. Well, think about women. We're, we're a super detailed oriented group, right? We, we have a focus on detail. And what field 
more than construction needs detail. I mean, and that, you know, part of part of the issue here, are we getting the message across as a profession that, hey, women, you're perfect for this field. You, you can do this. We need your input. We need your detail. We, we need your thought, right? Your focus. So it's not just detail. It's also focus. You know, I find women in, in both the construction, the legal, you know, on site, the actual day-to-day work, they are super focused and super detailed, right? And, and what better way? Are we getting that message across? So are we getting it to our schools? Are we getting it to the to to out there that, hey, look, there's an industry here thirsting for more women? We have programs. We have a, um, a sister organization that started from Maywick, Maywick Education Foundation, and they have programs starting at kindergarten all the way up through high school and college to introduce people and boys and girls to the construction industry. But the other things that we're working on, we've got some other partnerships that we're working on where we're connecting with high schools across the country. They're maybe looking for a estimator. So I can go speak to them in their school. I could be in, I'm in Ohio. I could be talking to a classroom in Missouri, again, bringing in that technology. But what we're doing now with having the women be more at the forefront, when young girls or, or young women see those faces of women doing the things in the construction industry, then they can see their themselves doing it. And that's, that's really the key. And that's why I think uh, we're going to see that as the generate, you know, the younger move up, you will have more women actually working in the industry because they're seeing those of us today out in the forefront. And technology really has helped with that again, because, you know, previously a lot of women worked in the office. But now we're getting out into the field and you can post on social media, you know, when you're working at the job site. So, yeah, technology is really helping with that. And what's also amazing is the industry itself, you know, uh, woman owned business type, the, the thought process of, you know, being a woman owned business is opening many doors. We have companies now that are actively looking right for minority or women owned businesses and, and are implementing policies in order to get women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses on their teams, right? Well, so I know that you work with big brands like McDonald's uh, to help break those barriers for women, right? I know that you're working uh, with their diversity uh, group. When you work with brands like McDonald's, you know, what are you saying to them to help break those barriers? It, it, is, it is jumping through hoops. The process is tedious. And when you have a subcontractor, you know, a company that's owned by a woman that's a smaller subcontractor that's running and gunning and working hard daily, doesn't have the time to sit back and get that certification. It is the process. And it's literally sitting down, taking the time to implement it and do it, right? And, and hey, it's worth it. Hey, you need to do this. You need, it. You, need to, you, you need to let people know that you're a woman-owned business, right? Um, and you need to go through that certification process. So, I mean, we went through that process and it was tedious. I'm not going to lie. It was a tedious process. And NAWIC has had many conversations over that. Um, the thing, one of the huge barriers for us is that it varies by state and, you know, we're a, a national company. So if we could get standardization, then yes, we could definitely help. Now, one thing that uh, NAWIC has recently done is we formed industry councils so that uh, members can connect with types of work like women business owners, we have tradeswomen, we have HR legal, those kind of industry councils that they can connect. And then maybe we can share information that way for those that are, are looking in a specific area. 
But again, you know, with Nawick, all of the board and our members are all volunteers. So if we're running our own businesses or having our own full-time jobs, it's just trying to find the time to get this done. But if we can somehow get it standardized and, and have the tools and resources that, that women can do this and become certified a lot easier, I think that that's just an untapped benefit for women. They could really, we'd really go gangbuster that way if we could get it standardized. You know, I, I think, uh, Sophia, you were talking about WeBank in the group. You know, they do the kind of federal certification process. I, I think that, you know, what you said is, was key. You know, I, I wonder if you went back and did it today, how much, how hard would it be? You know, that first time you went through it, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You're just kind of not sure how to throw, uh, how much weight to throw on each one of the things that you're working on. But as, as you look at uh, the women come behind you and you go to give guidance to them. Does it make it easier knowing how to work that path, having been through it before? Definitely. And that's key, right? Those who have done it, reach out to those who haven't and assist. I think it's huge. I think, sec- you know, it'd be the second time around and we wouldn't have those questions. You're right. It, it, it is about standardizing it, right? Each state is different, you know. And so, you know, what is required in one state or a document that is required in one state may not be required in another. And you've got a submittal process that really doesn't tell you, okay, this is what you need. This is what you have. Right. But having gone through it, I have a clearer picture and I picture I could see where, you know, I made the mistake the first time around and needed to resubmit something or what I didn't you know, need to do. So, again, it's kind of a mentoring opportunity. Right. So here we are again talking about mentoring. It it comes full circle. This is an area where we definitely need women who have been through the process to help mentor others and help help them get over that hump. Right. That, hey, it is worth taking this time and it it won't be that bad. It won't be that bad. You know, we've hit on mentoring a lot. I know that uh, the more I give it away, the more I get to keep it and the more I get to grow it. It's always been my experience. And I I think you, you guys have echoed that same thing that. Uh, you know, there's there's benefit of, of, of both sides of that relationship. You know, uh, we're going to run out of time, but what I wanted to do is make sure that uh, our audience really knows how to contact, uh, knows how to get in contact with NAWIC and and understand how to how to get involved. Uh, you know, both if you want to be a mentor or a mentee, uh, if you're looking to get involved with NAWIC, how to how to do that. Anybody gives a little bit about how to connect. Well, our national website is um, NAWIC.org. That would probably be the first place. There are, like as I mentioned, 117 chapters. But when you go to that website, you can look to see where there's a local chapter. Uh, you can also reach out to our staff. They can get you connected to with, with chapters. Um, I do want to mention, I'm not sure exactly what date that this is going to air, but we are doing a promotional membership for the month of, month of March. Uh, since it's Women's History Month, we're celebrating Women in Construction Week, March 7th through the 13th. And we're offering a six-month membership to NAWIC for $129. So that gives you a taste of, you know, what NAWIC is. And I, I guarantee it, once you get a little bit of a taste, you're, you're, you're stuck. You're going to want to be there for, for years to come. We have some members that have been almost as long as we've been in existence. And we've been around for 66 years. We have 50, 55 uh, year members. And I don't know too many organizations that can say that they have members that have been around for that long. Because those members that are now retired, again, going back to the mentoring, they're mentoring the, the ladies that are coming up and they're such a, a huge resource for us to, to know how it used to be to continue that history. Or like I say, herstory, I, one of our past national presidents, you know, was claimed to me for that herstory to let us know what we've, what we've done, what we've accomplished. Because again, 
Let's get away from the numbers. Let's show what we've accomplished. Great. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I love this conversation. I know we'll have you on more and can you continue to celebrate uh, what, we're, what, what the industry is achieving and uh, what uh, organizations like NAWIC are achieving. Uh, Sophia, if, if uh, people want to get a hold of you, uh, where's the best place to catch up with you? All they need to do is call CDO Group. Um, I am always available to take a call and talk to anyone about anything. So I may be running, which is what I always do, but I'm, I'm definitely always available uh, to talk. So CDO Group. I'm grateful for the time today and uh, really enjoyed this. And uh, I, I thank you both. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montategi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.